Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 129, Empath Life in Search for Love. So this is the third part of my three-part episode series where I am talking about what being an empath is. That was episode 127, Empath Life in Romantic Relationships. We can link that up in the show notes, or you could hit pause on this episode and go listen to that episode right now. I always knew what being an empath was. Actually, I should take that back. I didn't always know. But once I discovered, and I really believe I discovered what being an empath was right when I was moving through my rock bottom heartbreak with my narcissistic abusive ex now 10 years ago. You can refer to episode five, my heartbreak story, and hear all the dramatic details on that. But I knew there was something really dark and heavy that I was carrying. It was a pain I had never experienced. And I started to do research, hit the Google, and there was all this information. I don't know what I was typing in at the time, but I remember finding all this information about the dance between a narcissist and an empath and how an empath is like a moth to the narcissist's flame. And I really found a lot of relief in understanding that I wasn't alone, that I wasn't crazy, that there wasn't something seriously wrong with me. I just have a disposition to feel things so much more deeply than others who do not identify as empaths. And having a better intellectual understanding really did help me in my healing process of getting over that heartbreak. And so as I mentioned in the last two episodes, I was inspired by a client in my group program, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, same title as this podcast. The podcast is, of course, for every human on the planet who wants to listen and learn how to heal their heart and deepen their relationship with themselves and find someone better. My program, however, is for women only. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. I simply use the pronoun him because of my own experience as a straight woman and my experience of deliberately calling in the man of my dreams, which I know how to show you how to do. And so this particular client was just feeling so much shame and judgment for the deep feelings she was experiencing for someone who she A, didn't know very well, and B, also wasn't showing up in the way that I want all of the women in my group, I want all of their ideal partners to show up. Before I could even coach her on the situation that she was moving through, I really wanted her to let go of her shame and her judgment. And it was so clear to me that she, too, is a full-blown empath. And so understanding that and owning that and learning how to navigate through the deep feelings she experiences, the high, high highs and the low, low lows, was only going to help her then 
feel much more clear and conscious and capable and empowered as she continues to navigate through her dating life. So again, I highly recommend that you check out episode 127, Empath Life in Romantic Relationships, and last week's episode, episode 128, Empath Life navigating through your heartbreak. I'm probably botching the exact words of the title, but we're going to link them up in the show notes. And before I move forward, I do want to let you guys know that I am a little under the weather as I record this, but I am so committed to getting out at least one episode every week to all of you. I always want it to come out to start out your week on your Monday. So I am half apologizing, half giving myself a pat on the back for showing up anyway and making sure that you guys get all the good juicy messages and inspirations that you need to start off your work week. So if I'm tripping up over my words, bear with me. I know I do that anyway, even when I'm not under the weather, but I did just want to put that out there because To be completely transparent, I've already started and stopped this episode, and I know a lot of that has to do with brain fog. I just got back from an incredible week of coaching with my coach, Stacey Bayman. It was five days of coaching. I was a guest instructor for her 200K mastermind, so I was just in session five straight days, and then I had two days where we got coached in our... $2 million mastermind where we are scaling our businesses. And every time I get coached by Stacey and I'm in a large room with people who are also in, in the arena, as Brene Brown says, I am just blown away. My mind is stretched. My heart explodes open. I have so many unbelievable ahas. And I might do a separate episode on the ahas that I had, even though it is regarding me in relationship to my business, I see so clearly. And you guys, if you've been listening to me for a while, know that I truly believe how we show up in one area of our life greatly impacts how we show up in all areas of our life. And it bleeds into. So that can be for better or for worse if we're unconscious and not healing our limiting thought patterns that are creating dissatisfactory results. So I can honestly say that since I have worked with Stacy now, over three years ago, there has been so much greatness both in my work life and in my personal life. And I choose to continue to invest in my brain with her and grow and coach with her. And it can be really fucking hard and really emotionally and and, and physically exhausting. So I said in last week's episode how I really struggle with being in large groups, even in one evening or one afternoon. So for five days for me to be around people, even people who I love and support me and get me and speak my language and stretch me and are holding the space for me to step into my next level of my future self, it really runs me down, which is why I think I am a little bit under the weather today. And I've gotten tested twice. I'm going in for a third test, third COVID test tomorrow. So far, negative, but always continuing to make sure that I am getting myself checked. So side note, make sure that you guys are also getting yourselves checked because it's a scary world out there. 
Okay, so there was an article written by a woman named Crystal Raypole, founded on the Google. We're going to link that up in the show notes, where she gave 15 traits that you could identify with if you were an empath. And I can honestly say I identified with all 15. (laughs) So you can either check that article out or again, go back to episode 127, Empath Life in Romantic Relationships, and figure out whether or not you identify as an empath. I really loved reading this article and appreciate being inspired by my client who I then went to just read up on what an empath was again because it had been some time since I had been reading about being an empath. And something that just really struck me was that an empath isn't someone who just empathizes with others. An empath isn't someone who just understands other people. An empath takes on the feelings of other people. So you can only imagine, as I mentioned in last week's episode, how painful heartbreak is for us because we're not only experiencing the loss of a lover, we're also experiencing the feelings of that person. And if we have feelings for that person, forget it. (laughs) It's really fucking hard and painful to say the least. So last week I gave eight ways that you can navigate your heartbreak as an empath. And in today's episode, I'm going to cover 10 things that you can do to navigate your dating life, to navigate looking for love as an empath. So I'm going to dive right in. But one more thing that I want to offer is a bonus of being an empath in your dating life. Because I think for most of you, I'm guessing if you're tuning in and curious to hear about how you can navigate this interesting journey when you're feeling things so deeply is we're thinking about, oh, this is a problem. And I really want to offer, as I offered in the last two episodes, that yes, it really sucks to feel pain so deeply, but on the flip side of that, we get to experience the highest of highs. And I've experienced pain in my relationship with my dream man, Larry, and I have felt things so deeply. But because of coaching, I have moved through them way more consciously and much quicker And I experience the highest of high giddy love being in this relationship with him because I'm an empath. So being an empath really is, as I've said in previous episodes, a blessing, a blessing and a curse. But let's not forget, as I start to walk you through 10 ways you can consciously navigate your dating life as an empath, that Dating can be really fun and great bonus for you, empath listeners. You are a great listener. (laughs) You really care naturally for others. So right off the bat, you're going to be really good at dating. Whether you're interested in the person or not, you have the ability to I know I'm just repeating the word listen, but truly listen. I mean, how many dates have you been on? I know I can speak for myself where the person isn't listening. He isn't taking in what I'm saying. He isn't asking me thoughtful questions. It's all about him or he's just so nervous and uncomfortable he can't even carry on a real 
interesting conversations. So right off the bat, you know that you can show up and hold space for another human and ask him or her great questions about themselves and listen and be curious. So you've already got that going for you. So yay you. (laughs) Okay, so The first thing you need to remember when you are moving through your dating life as an empath is to take things slowly. Like my client in my program and like myself, I can totally relate to feeling this strong pull towards someone without even knowing him. It even happened with Larry. As I mentioned last week, we are not working to stop those feelings. We are working on managing them and not acting from them. We are not working to stop the strong feelings as empaths. We're just empaths. We're going to feel deeply. We're going to feel strongly for people. But that doesn't mean that that person is supposed to be your person just because you feel that strong pull. There may be a soul lesson there for you. And what I mean by that is there's this pull from your soul to attract yourself to this other person, but there might be a lesson there for you. It might not mean that he or she is the one. So always remember, okay, I'm feeling something deeply for this person, but I don't know this person yet. So I'm going to take things slowly. As Crystal Raypole mentioned in her article, she said that closeness and intimacy can feel very overwhelming for an empath. And this is another great reason to take things slowly because we feel all these big feelings and our heads aren't clear, our hearts aren't clear, and maybe our vaginas are talking, not our hearts and our heads. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in this whirlwind romance with someone we don't know. And then we don't know which way is up when all of a sudden it crashes and burns really, really quickly. So I remember feeling huge feelings, even with Larry, but Many of you could be listening right now and think, okay, well, it worked out with you and Larry, so why was it a problem? It wasn't a problem because I was consistently getting coached on my big feelings for him without even knowing him. And I had been in this place before. To be clear, when I met Larry, I knew he was very different and very special and a total man and not a man child. So that in and of itself felt very overwhelming to me. He was just showing up, but he wasn't too much. He wasn't smothering me, but I never had to guess whether or not he was interested. Actually, let me back that up. There were definitely moments where I was like, oh, does he like me? But in that kind of normal sense of newly getting to know someone and not really being sure of how to read them. But for the most part, I was pretty confident that he was interested and he never made it a mystery to me, but he also wasn't smothering me and in my face and constantly texting me. And I have to say the 80 miles between us definitely helped in taking things slowly. We weren't verbal diarrheaing our feelings for each other right off the bat. It was just lovely and open and honest and transparent and authentic. We talked about our past relationships on night one, but it wasn't the entire night being spent talking about relationships. What do you want? What do I want? Right? And I still think it's important to find out 
who the person you're dating, what he or she is looking for, but do it in a natural and organic way. I just felt present with him. I felt calm. I felt grounded. It was lovely. It was flirty. The chemistry was amazing. But there wasn't this like, oh my gosh, projection onto him just because I had these really big feelings. And I had been there in the past where I had big feelings for someone and I thought, this could really be something and went too fast too soon and spent too much time and started expressing feelings and projecting what I needed onto him way too early without really and truly getting to know him. So again, we're not making the feelings go away. We are managing our minds around the feelings and we're not acting from the big feelings. We are clocking them and we are proceeding consciously and slowly and very deliberately. I think that is the most important thing and taking it slowly will for sure be bleeding into the following nine steps. Okay, number two listen to your gut. We empaths are very intuitive. When I first met my rock bottom ex a couple of years before I actually started dating him, I took one look at him and I was like, that guy is trouble. I knew it. And then I saw him treat his girlfriend before me like total shit. And I still went and dated him. I always thought, oh, I would never date that guy. But he pursued me and I let him. I ignored my gut. And then as I started doing a lot of work on myself and I started to date again after a couple of years of hiding and staying isolated after the trauma I experienced in that relationship, I really started to listen to my intuition, even if I didn't have full evidence of him being unavailable or him being a douchebag. I would just listen to my gut. There was something that wasn't right here. I remember so clearly saying to a guy who I really liked, I was really attracted to, we actually shared the same birthday. It was crazy. It was an amazing first date. But there were just some red flags, including the fact that he was divorced with kids, which obviously I don't have a problem with because my boyfriend is divorced with kids. But that when I asked him, you know, what do you, what are your takeaways from your divorce? How do you think you would show up differently? What did you learn? He just tossed his hands and said, you know, I don't know. It's just you fall in love. You hope it works out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And so it is what it is. And that really landed on me poorly. And I actually hadn't done any social media stalking on him, but on our second or third date, he showed me his Instagram account, and I remember clocking his username, and later on, I went to check it out, and I realized that what he had told me about the timeline of his last relationship was just not the truth, and then lucky me, his (laughs) ex-girlfriend had a public Instagram account. And I went to her account and he was still like loving all over her pics and telling her how beautiful she is while he was newly dating me and very much pursuing me. And so I just was totally transparent with him and said, hey, you know, like he reached out for, you know, to get together again. And I said, I'm just going to be completely transparent. You're totally allowed to have a rebound. You're totally allowed to say whatever you want to whatever chick you're dating. But I'm just not interested in a rebound and I'm not interested in people lying to me. So 
Um, I'm going to go. And he was like, listen, you're totally misreading this whole thing. You should have asked me first. This is what I hate about social media. You don't know what's going on. Please let me explain it to you. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should have asked you. That would have been nice, but I didn't. And I don't need to know more. We've only been on a couple of dates. I really liked you. I was really attracted to you, but something's not adding up with what you said to me. And I also just don't like your thoughts. I didn't say this to him, but I didn't like his thoughts about what he didn't learn from his marriage not working out. And so I'm just using this. Again, you guys know that I use lots of personal examples. I'm using this as an example of just listening to my gut and saying it's a no. And he ended up reaching out to me like a few months later. And I was like, it's just still a no for me. It just, my body just said no. And it would have been, you know, easy for old Claire with no boundaries and having done no work on herself to be like, oh, but we have the same birthday and he's in the film industry and he's really good looking and he really wanted to explain himself. No, listen to your gut. Capiche? Capiche. Number three. Well, if you like walks in nature, as Crystal Raypole mentioned, that is a big trait of the empath, which I didn't even realize, but now it totally makes sense. Suggest a date in nature. I know it's cheesy and cliche, but if you like walks on the beach... Go for a romantic walk on the beach or a picnic on the beach. Or if you don't live near a beach, go to a beautiful park. Pick a space that makes you feel connected and grounded and safe and secure and happy. Number four, don't be afraid to suggest somewhere quiet. Crystal Raypole also talks about our sensitivity to being in large crowds, as I just mentioned earlier in this episode, and to big sounds. Like right now, my neighbor is playing loud music and probably my reaction to it. You guys might not hear. If you do, I'm sorry for the background noise. But I know if Larry, my boyfriend, was sitting here, he'd be like, this is not that loud. It's not that big of a deal. Like I could have sworn that someone was speaking on a microphone at one of the restaurants in Cabo. And I said to my girlfriends, like, wait, is someone speaking on a microphone? And they're all like, what are you talking about? So I am very sensitive to sounds and levels of noise and crowds and a lot of people. So don't be afraid to say, hey, I'd love to go somewhere quiet where I can actually hear you. So if he suggests some loud club place, just say, hey, actually, I have to be honest, (laughs) clubs aren't my scene. And I would love to meet you in an environment where we can actually hear ourselves speak. And if he's like, fuck that, she doesn't like clubs, that person is not your person. Number five, let yourself care without overgiving. So we empaths, as I mentioned early, we can have big feelings quite quickly. And then naturally with those big feelings, we want to care for others. But when we're newly dating someone, we have to remember that is not our responsibility. That is not a should we should be putting on ourselves. So you can be a good listener and you can hold space, but I would also be clocking to make sure that the person you are on the date with or newly dating is also offering care towards you. Simple things like, is he opening the door for you? Is he asking you questions about yourself? Is he curious about your family, your job, anything about you? Making sure that the care that you guys are offering, especially so early in the relationship, is reciprocal. It's okay that you care deeply 
just remember to be boundaried about that. So if he is moving through a stressful situation at work and you want to shoot a text saying, hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope that that big meeting today went well. Fine. But if you are finding yourself on a date with him where he's only talking about that and you're finding yourself trying to help him and fix him and make his situation better, that is a no-no for my fellow empaths. Number six. Now, this is kind of repetitive or very repetitive to number five of let yourself care without overgiving. But number six is put a cap on it if he is telling you all his problems or looking for you to take care of him. So making sure you're not overgiving. But let's say you get sucked into a conversation where you realize you're fixing him or listening for way too long and looking for solutions and finding yourself being more the helper than the actual woman on the date looking to figure out if there's a connection to see if this person is your person, then you have the right to say something about yourself or contribute something about yourself to see if he or she has the awareness to say, oh my gosh, I'm talking about myself. Yes, please tell me about you. I'm so sorry, right? We can have a little wiggle room for someone who may legitimately be in the thick of some kind of crisis. But again, it is not your job to solve the person who you are newly dating's problems. I don't even think that was proper English, but did I mention I'm under the weather? (laughs) So I'm muscling through it, but I think you guys get the point. So number five is let yourself care without overgiving. And number six is remembering that you can put a cap on it if you find yourself slipping into being that caretaker. How can I switch out of it? And also, if the person is just not getting it and he's just sucking your energy and it's all about him, 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 you can say, you know what? Look at the time. I've got to go. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Number seven. This relates to number one, taking it slowly, but I want to be very specific about what taking it slowly looks like. So seven is take time apart between dates. Wait at least three to four days to see him again, at least, and distance yourself from too much chit chat on text or on the phone. I know this is hard when we're feeling big, big feels, but this is the work of the empath. We don't know him well enough to be incessantly texting and talking all day. Sure, a nice check-in here and there. And I'm certainly not saying, oh, it's okay to just see someone every two weeks because you're an empath and you feel so deeply, so you need to wait two weeks. But I think it's healthy to, whether you're an empath or not, when you're newly dating someone, regardless of what you feel for them, seeing them one to two times a week max for at least the first month. And that, again, is a little bit of a generalization. It was different for me with Larry because we were long distance. So our schedule looked a little bit different. But I'm really speaking to someone whose experience as an empath has really worked against them in their dating lives. This is a surefire way for you to stay on track and be deliberate and conscious as you navigate these big feelings you may be feeling with someone new who you don't yet know. It takes time getting to know someone. Eight, have boundaries 
even if it upsets him. So this, again, relates back to number six was putting a cap on him telling you his problems, but also just having boundaries about anything. I would rather not share that information that you just asked me about. I would like to go home at this time. I'm actually not available again this week. I'm available this time next week. How does that work for you? Boundaries are so, so important as an empath. And I know it's really uncomfortable when someone is upset because most empaths don't like conflict. (laughs) I am not one of them. I wouldn't say I like conflict, but I'm not afraid of conflict if it means me sticking up for myself, if it means me taking the best care of myself. So really remembering that the outcome, not just for you, but for your ideal partner can only be beneficial when you are authentically staying in your own lane, asking for what you need, putting a cap on shit when you feel like he is crossing boundaries, and being unapologetic about it. You can be kind and you can be firm. And if he has a big negative reaction to it, chances are that person might not be your person. But I am telling you right now, the right person for you is going to honor your boundaries, honor your time, respect you, ask you about you. And I'm going to say it, feel like it's such a privilege to get time with you. What? Isn't it crazy to think? Because I know for me as an empath, when I'm feeling such big feelings for someone, Larry included, I'm like, oh, hopefully he likes me. Hopefully he wants to see me again because I like him so much. And it's like this big deal that he may want to see me. But I'm telling you right now, the more you respect you, your time, and your needs, the more someone else is going to respect you, your time, and your needs and see their time with you truly as a privilege. How fun is that to think about? So if you become fearful of what his or her reaction might be, remember your ideal person wants you to be someone who respects yourself and respects your time and respects your own needs. Remember, like attracts like. So if you're respecting you, you're going to attract someone who respects you. Nine, own your unique point of view. So Crystal Raypole in this article, again, we have it in the show notes. She talks about how empaths embody a very unique point of view. And I totally relate to this. I see the world, I think, in a very unique way. That's why I'm so grateful for my mastermind, because we really see our lives the same way, our businesses the same way, our relationships with ourselves the same way. We very much speak this very elevated language. And I don't say that from a place of we're just higher than everybody else, but I don't want to engage in conversations about I have no money. I don't want to engage in conversations about I have no friends. Life is hard. Life isn't fair. It's so hard to date. I can't find a man. I'm not interested in those kinds of conversations. And I would call those low vibrational conversations that create really unsatisfying results. I'm all about the up-leveled conversation. That doesn't mean I'm not interested in negative thoughts and I'm not interested in automatic thoughts that create unsatisfactory results. I just want to have an elevated conversation about how it's it's 
our thoughts that are creating our results and having a conversation about how we can shift out of those thoughts into more up-leveled thoughts so that we can create more up-leveled results. So I have negative thoughts every day. I have limiting beliefs that I work through. I am certainly not some perfectly evolved human, but I want to be in conversations about how we get to the next place, how we break through those barriered thoughts instead of having conversations that engage in a victim mentality. And I have to say, I I feel so blessed for the people that I have surrounded myself with, but I don't think that, and this is just a thought I recognize, I don't think those kinds of elevated conversations are easy to come by. I think it's important to seek those out. And I'm just using that unique worldview that I have and life view that I have. And I have very different views from the way that I was raised. And I'm not knocking on my parents for that. But there was just a different kind of mentality about life being hard. And I don't think it has to be. I know that there are parts of life that are hard, but I love the conversation of how do we make it easier? How do we make it better? And going from there. And you might have a different, maybe you love being in your victim mentality and you want to find someone else who loves being in their victim mentality, right? It's not about my unique worldview is the only view. I'm just simply offering what I think about when I'm thinking about myself as someone with a unique worldview. And I have to be honest, when I was dating and talking about being a coach and what that looks like, and not just who I am as a coach, but of course, I think any good coach should, (laughs) this is my own thought, but I think any really good coach should be practicing what she preaches, which doesn't mean I'm not allowed to be a human. I'm a human first, a coach second, so I'm always a work in progress. I'm always a student of the work, but I found it really hard to connect with men who really understood my point of view on the world and on life. And I recognize now it was because I was insecure about owning it because I was still figuring it out. And so sometimes I would just toss my hands and then not even bother to try to share my unique worldview on life and the world and just would give up because it's like, ah, it's too hard to explain. He's just not going to get it. And maybe I don't need him to get it. And then when I really started to own, like, I'm a coach. This is the kind of coaching I do. This is the way I see the world. This is the way I see life. This is the kind of relationship I want to create. This is the kind of work I'm doing on me and my relationship with myself. When I really owned that unapologetically in my dating life, not so shockingly, I attracted a man who found it really fucking hot and sexy, even if he doesn't see everything the same way that I do. Larry and I are different in a lot of ways, but we just have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. I I think we also see life in a lot of the same ways that are important to us, but we don't see everything eye to eye, and that's okay, but we have a tremendous amount of respect for the way that we do view the world and life. Last but not least... I already offered this in an earlier step, but I want to be really clear on this because I think as empaths, we want to please others and not upset others. But it's don't be afraid to call it a night, even if you like him. So I know I talked about it earlier, putting up boundaries, especially if someone is just sucking your energy and you're finding that you're taking care of them versus them taking care of you and asking you about you. But what to do when you really 
like someone. And so don't be afraid to call it a night, remembering that intimacy and emotions can feel very overwhelming. So maybe you need to plan in advance and let that person know, listen, you know, I have something early in the morning, so let's meet at six, but I'm just letting you know now I'm going to have to part ways at nine. You put the boundary up in advance, like take care of yourself so that you can commit to your protocol of taking things slowly. I have often seen, and I know I've experienced myself, the thought of, well, if I tell him I'm going to go home early, what if he finds someone else? What if he likes someone else more? What if he likes me less because I have put up that boundary? And here's the deal. If he is meant to be your person, he will totally honor and respect that boundary and be just trying to figure out when he can see you next. It's amazing when you're feeling feelings that are so deep for someone so great who is totally showing up, but it's also really important to still put a cap on it for yourself and say, I got to go and let yourself recharge and process and make sure that there are things you're not painting green over the red flags, like really taking in, okay, but he said this weird thing. What do I think of that? Do I need to ask more questions about that? And not from this energy of, oh my God, the other shoe's going to drop, but just like, okay, this was so good. Three hours was plenty. I'm going to go home and I'm going to process and I'm going to recharge and I'm going to go stay in the rest of my life. So even when it's so good and it's so clear and you feel safe and you're just having so much fun and it feels so good and so right, I would still say, And look at the time. Let's call it a night and just let yourself process and enjoy taking it slowly and letting yourself look forward to the next time. So that was a lot, but I think these are 10 great steps or tricks or tips to take with you on your dating journey as an empath. And even if you're not an empath, I would highly recommend all of these steps as well. What is the rush, my loves? If you are looking to spend a lifetime with someone, there is no rush. Even now, as I am a 40-year-old woman dating a man who's about to turn 49, I'm sure he'd love me telling you guys his age. (laughs) I do think about how, oh, well, what if we had met each other earlier and we would have a longer life together, but we never could have met if it was earlier. He was married earlier. He had a whole other chapter. And you know what? I know I wasn't ready for the caliber of a man that he is. He is so up-leveled and grounded and amazing and consistent and loving and kind and patient. And I need a lot of patience from, from him. And I had a lot of work to do on myself to get myself good and ready for that relationship for this man. So if you are listening right now and thinking, well, I'm getting myself good and ready and I still haven't found him, there's something you're missing in your brain. There's some thoughts that need cleaning up. And that's exactly what I help you to do in my program, Stop Wanting Him Back and find someone better. You can go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up. Or if you want to have a conversation with me, I'm currently offering 30-minute Zoom calls to help you make that decision on 
joining or not joining. And what I want to remind you all, and something that I have been thinking a lot about lately, is that this isn't just an investment in a year of your life of getting coached by me. This is an investment of getting coached by me for a year that will transform the rest of your life. You will heal your heart on a next level. You'll develop a next level relationship with yourself and you will call in the love of your life and then have the tools to navigate how you want to communicate and cherish and nurture and grow in this partnership. So remember that when you're thinking, oh, one day I'll do it. Why not now? What is stopping you from today to decide that you want to get bigger, faster, and better results in one year? I'm recording this on August 19th, 2021. Wouldn't you love in a year from now to be that woman who said, yes, I decided to invest in my heart, invest in my love life, invest in my person. You're investing in finding him when you say yes to this program. So email hello at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com, set up your consultation, or just go straight to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for the program right now and get in on the three live group calls that are happening this week. They occur in the morning Pacific Standard Time, early afternoon Pacific Standard Time, and late afternoon Pacific Standard Time so that we can accommodate all of the different time zones. We've got women in Europe. The timing is not the reason why you can't do this program. Your mind is the reason why you're saying you can't do this program. And if you want to hear more on that, sign up for a consultation again at hello at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. So much love, my loves, and especially to my fellow empaths. Until next time, bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.